This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Standing still, hanging on the puck way too long. It's not moving. Same thing we've been fighting with all year. But I mean, we're going to have to revamp both. I mean, it's another game where the special teams, we, they score two power play goals, the four on three, okay, but... Um, the five-on-five play is, is, is very, very good. The team play is very, very good. Uh, there's too many games, I can count five or six games, where we lost the game based on specialty teams. Head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Rick Bonus. there. Uh, disappointed with the special teams. Uh, calling for a revamp. Um, which, I don't know, what do you think? 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868 is the Jets lose to the Montreal Canadiens yesterday, 3-2 in overtime, coming back from down 2-0. Uh, Skylar Peters in for Jim Hello, Tove. hello. What one, do you think? Is it, time to, is it time to revamp the power yeah, play to penalty kill? It has been time to revamp the power play. It just It's kind of crazy because like I don't know if I've seen a team in the last five, six years in the NHL that's so good at five-on-five. And can fill the net and has this crazy goal differential. They outchance their opponents uh, most nights, outshoot their opponents, play great team defense, and then they yep. get on the man advantage, and you're like learning hockey again. <laughs> well, last night <laughs> they gave up two power play goals on three opportunities for Montreal, and they went 0 for 2 uh, on the power play, not really generating any anything really too dangerous. Joining us now is Winnipeg Jets color analyst Mitchell Clinton. Uh, Mitchell, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you gentlemen today? Doing great. Fantastic. Doing great. Mitchell, is, uh, I'll ask you the question that we were just asking you. We're asking the audience here on 680 CJOB on Jets at Noon. Is it time to revamp the power play and the penalty kill? Well, I'd be interested to know how the revamp would work. Now, I think there was some intention of having a full uh, skate today, but uh, the Winnipeg Jets have said uh, a little bit of an optional. So some of the players that you know would probably have been involved with some sort of revamp. I'm thinking of Josh Morrissey. Like, he didn't skate today for reasons. I don't think I would be skating either after yeah. taking the puck to the face <laughs> like he did yesterday. Say. Yeah, so, like, I'm sure they they probably work some video. They'll do a little bit of it in the morning skate tomorrow like they, they usually do uh, to close out the morning skate. It's, it's just interesting, right? Because I, I think back to, and I know this feels like an eternity ago, but the, the first game or two of the season against uh, specifically. And when I don't know if Winnipeg cashed in on any power play opportunities that night, but, you know, like they were moving it around. Like Mark Shifley was in the, the left dot at one point. He was in the slot. He was net front. He was all of those power play, and they were just flying around. That the Jets still haven't had on that power play for very long, at least at a, at a comfortable enough amount of time to work together is both Gabriel Velarde and Kyle Connor. And that's what they had in that Calgary game. They were flying around all over the place. So I'm, I'm not making excuses because for sure, like they, they need, you know, their, their power play to get going. They need their penalty kill to get interested as you guys to see kind of what happens maybe tomorrow at morning skate, because I know last year, I believe at a point yeah. they did mix up the power play units for a game or two ended up going back to what they you know usually go with and that seemed to be the spark for whatever reason so, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, all, it all comes down to puck movement honestly yeah I, I mean it's you, Mitch, you're totally right it's puck movement I, I mean I and I, I don't it's not a personnel issue to me I mean no, how, no. how can this team be so effective right now five on five 
Um, I'm not, it's not coaching either. You know, I, we've got some text messages, some people saying, you know, Rick bonus when, when texter says Rick bonus needs to look in the mirror, it's power play is a coaching issue. I, I don't think it's coaching either. The coaches aren't instructing them. Hey, stand still and don't move the puck. It's like, there's, it's a, it's a weird sort of mental psychological thing going on, Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I think part of it too, is a lot of teams. I mean, there's video on, on teams all over the place, right? So they know kind of what looks Winnipeg is looking for on that power play and more often than not, especially for the first half of the year, it was that, you know, that seam pass from Mark Shifley to Kyle Connor for the one timer or Morrissey from up top over to Kyle Connor for the one timer. And I remember talking a little bit about this about a week or two ago, just trying to get a sense of, you know, how the different units work and um, kind of the chemistry between them and what they're looking for. And Perfetti said one of the things that like that unit with, with himself and, and Mark Shifley, you know, they may not be necessarily a good for a little bit more quality, but it has to happen is everybody has to be a And I thought the one thing that I saw yesterday from the Jets power play is first power play chance they had Mark Shifley let one fly from that left circle. And now it gets stopped. But the important thing is, a shot came from that side. And I think that's something that all of them kind of have to get back to doing is making sure they're all a shooting threat because if, you know, only three are a shooting threat, well, the penalty kill is going to adjust, right? That's kind of how, how things go in the NHL. And the last few games, I think they've tried to go into the slot a little bit more um, to open things up, maybe a little bit more up top. But, yeah, certainly uh, a whole lot of video and a whole lot of work, but I think it comes back to everybody being a shooting threat. That's probably the most important part that I think Winnipeg needs to get back to. Well, the good news is you're going up against the uh, 22 ranked uh, penalty kill unit in the National Hockey League tomorrow night when the Detroit Red Wings come to town. Another 6:30 start uh, on 680 CGOB for that one, by the way, folks out there. But um, I, you know, when you're <clears throat> excuse me, Mitchell, when you're missing Kyle Connor, obviously you're missing your your most dangerous shooting threat. But like you said, it kind of opens it up. Be, like a, if I was a penalty killer coming up against this Jets penalty kill or power play, I would think, well, maybe other than Mark Shifley, he would kind of be the, the de facto shooter now on that unit. But I kind of have to do look around and, and look at everybody and say, man, they could put this puck towards the net. And you think that would really open it up uh, in terms of the power play. But we just really haven't seen that benefit. Um, if you can call it a silver lining, maybe from from Kyle Connor not being out there and, and drawing all that attention. Yeah, it's been interesting because at five too like you know you, you've seen you know especially the game against uh, Colorado where the offense came from pretty much every peg Jets have and that's what you want to see at five on five and they even get a power play goal in that one from uh, Nemestikov so that that was the the good news but yeah like uh, you know as much as I talk about volume you know you're not going to be shooting a puck if you're looking at a bunch of sticks and shin pads right so I think that that shot volume aspect also goes in you know together with moving and getting some motion. That was something that, you know, you saw a little bit last night and Winnipeg, there is some rotation in there. Like sometimes Nikolai Ehlers likes to, likes to get up top. Josh Morrissey kind of slides off into a, into a one-timer threat position. Um, I thought Neil Pionk shot the puck a lot against Montreal. And that's a good thing. He's got a great shot. Unfortunately, Nino Niederreiter felt the effects of one of those. Thankfully he was able to come back, Yeah, but you know, I think that's, it's, it's two things. It's it's getting pucks to the net, and then it's also you know moving around because if you're if you're a little bit more uh, standstill or not moving as much, well, penalty killing gets a little bit easier because you're not moving around as much. Yeah, there's not as many fifty fifty pucks, and you gain and you keep control of the puck, and that's a good thing. 
if you're moving around, you're going to create the confusion and you're going to create those seams that I think Winnipeg, you know, really likes to, to exploit. Well, I got Detroit coming up tomorrow. I mean, these are two teams that met earlier uh, on this year. It was a big win for the Winnipeg Jets. What are you, what are you seeing tomorrow? Well, Detroit's been a team that's struggling a little bit, you know, ever since Patrick Kane came into the lineup and it's not Patrick Kane's fault, but Detroit's won five and one since Kane came into the lineup early in December. And now Detroit's lost two goaltenders in two games. They just signed Michael. Mm -hmm. A little while ago, they just announced that. So um, it's going to be an interesting matchup. And you look back to that game that they played against each other. That was actually the first game that the Jets penalty kill was perfect. Yeah, and at that point, <laughs> that's why I said it was a big was win. Along. That's why yeah. I said it was a big win. Four-one. That, that power play was clipping along at that point, forty percent. Now it's it's kind of cooled off a little bit on Detroit's aspect. They're just over twenty percent, I think, now. But um, yeah, it's going to be a good test. Like Detroit is is a team that likes to play with a lot of pace, and usually that plays kind of right into how Winnipeg wants to play because they can force them some turnovers and come back the other way. So you know, certainly special teams will be part of the storyline. It always is, but you know, if Winnipeg can play their their five on five game as well as that they're capable of and, and that they've shown, especially since November fourth and really all season, you know, it's gonna be a good game, but if they if they're able to stick to that, I think there's an opportunity for them at the end of the night to give themselves a chance to win. Mitchell Clinton, Winnipeg Jets color analyst joining us. Mitchell, uh thanks so much. Really appreciate you Cheers, the Mitchell. time. Take care, okay? Yeah, no problem. Have a good day, guys. All right, let's uh take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Michael Hutchins. Michael Hutchinson, he's uh, signing off, um, signing up for the with the Detroit. Is, Red is the revenge game coming? Is tomorrow? he going to be in the net? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, the, wow, they, let's wait they, and see. The Red Wings do have three rostered goalies, so um, James Reimer, the Morwina native, of course, uh, probably gets the start for the for the Red Wings here. But we'll see because Billy Huso limped off last night. They also lost Clint Coston in that game. He, I don't think it was like terribly serious injury. Yeah. Alex Lyon, the the game before that, so mm-hmm. somebody's got to back up Jimmy Reimer. How you know he had one heck of a year with the Winnipeg Jets. So I'll remind you how well he played when we come back. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB. Okay, a couple of text messages here, and we'll get to the Michael. Uh, you know, let's get to the Michael Hutchinson thing, thing here first. I teased that going into it. He was signed on a one year two way contract with the Detroit Red Wings. For the remainder of this year, uh, remember back in fourteen fifteen for the Jets, he was sizzling. Thirty eight games, twenty one wins, ten losses, two shutouts, goals against average two point three nine, and a save percentage of nine one four. Not too bad, not I, too shabby. I remember sitting in my parents' basement writing uh, blogs um, for this website in like twenty fifteen. Okay, and Michael Hutchinson, I thought was like the second coming, like he was like going to be the new. Take over from Andre Pavlik, and obviously, you know, things worked out. We got Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. <laughs> but he had a great run. And his first three games in the NHL, I think he had like a 950 save percentage oh, uh, in God, his very yeah. first year with the Jets, and then uh, went on a decent run uh, with, I think that was the Ice Caps. I think that was maybe the final year out in St. John's before they the Moose came back to town. Um, and they, uh, I think they went to the third round of the Calder Cup playoffs as well with him in that. So he, uh, he he's probably a guy that didn't get enough shine in Winnipeg, and you don't talk about him enough these days. Because um, it hasn't been that long since he's been gone. Five years now? Yeah, well, Six years? Well, and uh, 14, 15, I mean, we're, we're closing in on that's nine years ago now. Ugh. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And you're man. typing away in your basement? <laughs> 
Look at me now, Mom. Now look, now look at me. Take that blog post. Uh, Kyle texts the show and he says, someone needs to ask Bonus what he was thinking, sending Barron out for the PK in overtime. Barron is in the center, so I put him out there when he doesn't take faceoffs very often. Gus would have been a better choice. Both special teams need to be blown up and revamped. This texter also says, hey, Cam, Johnny Utah here in overtime with Lowry in the box on the four on three. Putting Morgan Barron out was a big mistake. He isn't a center. Winning that faceoff is number one. I'd rather see Shifley or Nemesnikov out there. Well, I don't know the exact reason as to why Morgan Barron was out there. That was his first faceoff all game. I double-checked that. Um, so it's not like he was hot or anything like that. So I, 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 I don't really know. Uh, but what I do know, uh, looking at that game, um, the Jets couldn't win a, a big faceoff no. at the end of that game. I mean, they lose to Suzuki. Uh, you know, Suzuki beats Barron there. Suzuki beats Lowry heading into overtime. Jake Evans late 30 seconds left beats Shifley. Suzuki beats Lowry with a minute and a half left, two minutes left. Uh, Jake Evans beats the Mestikoff. So uh, it's, it's, you know, I don't think the Jets are necessarily a bad faceoff team. They're just a very bad timely. When the chips are down, they just struggle to win faceoffs. They were, uh, and they, I remember that game, they were, 71-29 in that game against the Oilers here at home a couple of weeks ago, yeah. too. So that's a, you know, a minor issue that also probably warrants some watching. Moving a lot forward. of little minor things adding up to last night's loss where I don't think the Jets played necessarily. Oh, they still got a point. Well, and they, they played pretty they were damn down, good. And they were down 2 They nothing. all played the Habs. Come on, let's live in the real world here, too. <laughs> we'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Once where Gabe scored, and I mean, again, when you're playing in those games, it's a greasy goal you're going to get, and you got to get to the net. And our D, they've got to get pucks down there. They do, and they get so frustrated when they keep when they're shooting pucks into the high guy. You got to get it by the high guy, and there's a perfect example of what happens when you get it down to the net, and you got to be there. Same as Gabe's goal, we work them low, take it to the net. Everybody's sagging. They block what 26 shots or something tonight, so that's on us too. Rick Bonus not happy with the performance of the special teams yesterday. We've got a bunch of text messages here. Skylar Peters in for uh, Jim Toach and Pilt to be back tomorrow. Uh, special teams is preparing for, this texter says, uh, text the show 204-780-6868. Special teams is preparing for each team individually on both penalty kill and the power play. Coaches prepare teams and set strategy based on video intel. Players execute the game plans. Look at all the league leaders. Having the fourth worst power play in the league isn't on the players. That's evidence of an inept strategy. That's more on the preparation and coaching. Maybe a mid of the pack percentage could be players not producing, but bottom of the league stats shine a bright light on the coach. Sixth worst penalty kill and fourth worst power play. Top eight player, uh, top eight teams, player or special team strategy coaching. Self, pretty self-explanatory. I would agree with you, Texter, if you didn't listen to what Rick Bonus said in those first two clips. He's telling you exactly why the power play isn't working. I think the I think the coaching staff has this team prepared. I think they have the power play prepared. Move the puck. Defense in that last clip. Get the puck past the first guy. Montreal blocked 23 shots yesterday. And it didn't even feel to me like the Montreal they, penalty killers were that aggressive. Either. No, they can't get the puck past the high guy. That's when you start creating some chaos. That's what they're not able to do. So, Texter, I, you know what, you, you you're bringing up some fair points, but I don't think it's a coaching issue. I just think, and I don't think it's a personnel issue as well because we know what these guys can do. I think there's just something is just there's a mental hurdle that's just not being crossed right now. It's just uh, there's it's like a psychological 
it's like a psychological barrier right now. If they had a game where they get two on the power play, you know, maybe they're two big ones, like a game tie-in goal and a go-ahead yeah. goal, and you end up getting a win, that that could just spark a team to go on a run here with the special teams units. Yeah, no, it's it's that simple because yeah, like like you said, we like the Jets put up six goals against Colorado Avalanche, five of them being at five on five empty netter in there too. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I mean, it counts. The, these guys can score goals. It's not like we're starved for offense here in Winnipeg all of a sudden. Yeah, and you know it should be easier when you have a mat, when you're a man up, right? Isn't that how this sort of this plays out? It's not technically Winnipeg. <laughs> it's harder. Not. It's harder to score with with five on four right now. That's it's that's just the way it is. Well, and I think this team, there are a lot of guys, and Cole Perfetti's been the greatest example of it this year in, in the way that he's come on. Like these are guys that can move with the puck and have great vision and can create. And I think maybe sometimes when you just have the puck on your stick and as, as you should on the power play, you, there's a little complacency there. You know, there's a, there's not a whole lot of rush to do anything with it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think these a lot of these guys, Shifley, Velarde for sure, uh, and Perfetti I think is would be my top example. Um, when they're moving south with the puck, you know, they can they can see the ice very well and, you know, guys see the seams and they get open. And, I mean, Perfetti right place, right time on his goal last night, yeah. those kind of things. And then, but you have the puck on your stick, you're standing there, you're looking at everything with a bird's eye view on the power play, if you're at the top of the point or if you're on that left side. You're orchestrating and, things, yeah. yeah. And maybe you're just overthinking it a little bit. Well, I think you also get into a rut. I mean, when you have the power play sort of in this over the last 10 games, it's three for 29, running at 10.3%. Um, you know, the, the the texture there earlier mentioned exactly where the Winnipeg Jets were on the, on the power play. Um, I, I think there's you, you start to get into a little bit of a rut going over the boards. You kind of maybe... You, you know, cliche of all cliches, you're squeezing the stick a little bit too hard. You know, just as you just said, you're you're, you're thinking too much about it, uh, trying to figure all this stuff out. So, anyways, I pulled some stats about this. Um, and in regards and Rick Bonus, we've heard him say that on the show already. Uh, if you missed it, download the podcast. Jets at noon at like you're sending an email. Find us on Spotify. Uh, find us on iTunes. Anywhere you download your um, your your podcast, the podcast continues to grow. It gets better and better and better every single week. So I really appreciate everybody downloading that. Um, as it's just uh, getting it's getting awesome. It's getting awesome to see the numbers uh, climb and climb on the podcast. Um, but um, uh, I I pulled these stats here um, when I looked at the Jets in one goal games. Because Rick Bonus had said that he can he can look back at five or six games where the power play and the penalty kill has has cost them win uh, a win a point or two, um, so I look back at the Jets have lost six one goal games so far this year. Five of those six one goal games, um, they have lost the special teams battle in those one goal games. There's the sixth one uh, was against Nashville earlier this year, where they both Nashville and Winnipeg both scored, um, uh, each scored a power play goal. It was the, each team was one for two. So I I I would say that that was probably that was a tie, but also the Winnipeg Jets power play didn't win them that game, right? And they lost that game in, by a goal. Um, so I look back the first time they played Montreal back on October 28th, they lost a special teams battle. They, they weren't able to score on four power play opportunities. Montreal got one and two. The OT lost to the Rangers back on October 30th. The Rangers got that goal on the power play. You remember that one by Chris Kreider? Nice tip. The Jets squandered three opportunities on the power play. Dallas. The Dallas game back on November 11th, they lost 3-2 to that one. Dallas was one for four on that one. The Jets couldn't get one in three opportunities. San Jose just happened on the 12th. San Jose was one for three. The Jets 0 for 5 in that game. 
And then we go back just to tomorrow, just to just to yesterday. Two for three, Montreal on the power play. The Jets 0 for 2. So when and those last two are against the 28th to 29th ranked PKs in the National League. 100%. 100%. So to say it, it is costing them. It's costing them, and that's just in one-goal games. If they're able to get one goal, they're able to kill off one of those penalties. I mean, those are games where they pull, you know, I mean, you know, in, in those five games I mentioned, they were able to get a point in three of those. But you you find a way to maybe scratch out a, a point against Dallas. Maybe you beat San Jose. Maybe you win one of those games against Montreal. I mean, that's probably three or four points right there. I do got to ask you, big picture. Yeah, I hear we like a lot of the discourse, pretty much all the discourse since we started the show has been the special teams. Yeah. Do you feel like how big of an issue is this to the Winnipeg Jets? They're a game back, uh, a game in hand on Colorado and two Mm. points back, right? I believe that's how the standings look right now. Yeah. So could be a first place team tomorrow with the win or tied. Yeah. You know, for me, this is like this power play might sink you in the playoffs if they can't get the big goal. Mm-hmm. But I'm not too worried about not getting a divisional playoff spot. I heard you on Power 97 on the way back for the gym yesterday. You're talking um, over there about how this you think this team could win the division now. Yeah, I do. The Central Division in the regular season. I think they can do that too, as it stands right now, especially if you assume that Kyle Connor is going to come back and give this group a bit of a bump in February. Um, like, Do you think this... like? The, the inept ineptitude on the power play is going to end the Jets season at some point. Like, is that going to be the reason the Jets lose in round X well, the or good, don't make the playoffs? The somehow? good, the good news about all that is for somewhere around 50 minutes a game, it's five on five. Yeah. <laughs> They're really, really good. Like, at like, five and five. They are like with Vancouver one, two <laughs> best team, five on five. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. Like you would trade five on five play for special teams any day of the week. You take that 100% every seen, single time. I've seen Chicago Blackhawks teams since 2015 that are have a good power play and <laughs> you get to even strength and they just get hosed. And yeah. it's so infuriating. So to have just some perspective, to have this conversation, I think, you know, it just shows that uh, that the Jets and, and Jets fans are, are still in a good place. And uh, yeah, I mean, you got to give Montreal a little bit of credit last night. I I didn't really like the officiating personally. No, and no, no. We know, can, things yeah, like let's, that. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Um, Derek Texas show. I don't want to be the guy, but the refing didn't help. Kicking a puck, hand pass, Ehlers all down, but gets a penalty a few a few seconds later. I don't agree. Special teams are a problem, though. That just coming from Derek. Um, yeah, I, well, I mean, what do you think about that? What did you think about the special teams? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really like the the officiating at all. I mean, the officiating. Yeah, no, I, I knew what you meant. Yeah, all yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I listen. I'm I'm in the living room watching on on the wall mounted television, trying to see if this puck, you know, took a glance off of Josh Anderson's I don't th- stick. Listen, hey, I didn't see it. Okay, but I'm not about to be the guy. Being the guy right now, but I'm not trying to be the guy. I'm, I feel like they got it right. Okay, okay. That's like now, this is one of those calls. I'm actually here's Connor Hellebuck. He mentioned he talked yeah, about it after the game. I'll, I'll, I'll let him speak and then I'll speak. And he had a, he, had a, he was right there. It's a fine line. It definitely him grabbing it and moving it changed what I was going to do. If he would have just dropped it right when he had it, I would have poked it right off the stick. That's what I was getting prepared for. And then when he threw it forward, it kind of threw me for a loop and made me kind of freeze and and change what I wanted to do. And then he gets a lucky bounce because it bounced off the ice and just nicked the top of his stick. So for me, I hate to see that go in and not really much you can do about it, but it did. Um, see, this is a, this is a sort of, 
It's another game, by the way, where the Jets have allowed three or fewer goals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, loss. yeah. Just thought about that. No, two and, you know, two goals in regulation only allowed. Right. Um, did, so I'll take Connor Hellebuck's word for it that it nicked the top of his stick. But I'll tell you this, Cam Poitras watching that game <laughs> at his house with the camera and the views didn't agree with that call. <laughs> Tyson Rewicki and I didn't I in my did living room. I did not agree with that call at all. <laughs> But I was, but it's like that's a situation. Where how do you overturn that? Like it's, it's, yeah. you know, it's the call in the ice stands. You move on. I don't think it touched a stick. Um, hey, I'll be I, grateful the Jets killed off the delay of game penalty. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Um, it was for the missed challenge. Uh, and yeah, you know, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, uh, Denise sent this good text message. He says, "I can't believe the hockey gods let these cheesy goals off shin pads, <laughs> and we get legit beautiful goals and don't rely on controversial <laughs> ones." Good. Uh, take it good. from an ex-Hab yeah. fan who dropped them like a sack of potatoes when the Jets <laughs> came back. Nothing drives me crazy, too, to see a Habs fan pump their chest like they won the Stanley Cup over a garbage goal. Ugh, oh, well, at least we got a point out of it. That one from Denny. Denny, uh, Cam won't tell you this, but I will. He was saying the exact same thing when Aaron Streeter was doing the news at 12. I wasn't <laughs> saying anything of the sort. <laughs> I will deny that the end of time. You know, okay, I'll say I'm going to go on this rant because you, now you want me to do it. What annoys me about fans of the Habs? I'm not talking about the old guard, the guys who've been following the team. They're in their in their 60s and 70s, and their dad was diehard Habs fans. Listen, these are not the people that I'm speaking to. Okay, I'm not talking to those guys who were just born and bred Habs fans their whole entire lives. Dads were big Habs fans, family big Habs fans. They're going to be Habs fans. That's just how it is. I have no issue with that. It's the guys that are younger than I am. I'm 32. That act like they've been around for the Jean Bellevaux, they've been around for the Gila Fleurs, and all that, Shutt. all that stuff. My buddy is twenty five years old and has a Steve Shutt jersey. That is ridiculous. It's awesome, though. You see, and like, and the talk, like, it's the they're the greatest team ever. They haven't won anything since ninety three. Okay, before you were born, was, and you're acting like they're the greatest I was franchise. Four years. Oh, God. crazy stuff. I yeah I. I, I love, and the Jets had a good attendance number last night, and yes, it, there's a lot of red in the stands, but hey, all business is good business, I think, right now. Well, I agree with that. <laughs> and I, I love when the original six teams come to town because there's a lot of a way, and you get riled up, and there's nothing better than those dueling hat tricks by Matthews and Lion A in 2016. You remember that game? One, probably the yeah. best regular season Jets game of all time, that was, as far as I'm concerned. I was an incredible man. The OT you know, goal, that was one the, of my favorites. And the Leafs fans who were doing the you know the chest bumps and the high fives when it was, what, 4 nothing in that game, and next thing you know, they're pretty darn quiet. <laughs> I'm with you, overtime. but I don't want to hear those games. the blue check mark on Twitter slash X some 26-year-old Habs fan that lives in Saskatoon talking about the the Habs of the legacy. Like, the legacy. Right. Don't talk to me yeah, about the legacy, okay? It. You're not you never lived through it. You see in a team the Habs, okay, the Jets they got to the Western Conference final once in their first couple of years. Habs they have one great year in 10 and then they fall off the map. They're trying to rebuild some I don't know how they're going to do. They played good enough to win last night, that's for sure. I will I will not yep. go away from that. And when they beat the Jets in 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 the in the playoffs, and they are 2-0 against the Jets this year. Removing Mark Shifley and that whole situation aside, which I have my opinions on, I won't share it again because I have my opinions on it. Download the podcast. The Habs deserve to win that series. They dominated the Jets. Okay? Yeah. So there you go. That's yeah. as much as I'm going to admit. Yeah. And that's the end of it. But I don't want to hear a 26-year-old talking about Guy Lafleur anymore. Well, Come on. the good news, Cam Poitras, is unless uh, we see a miracle, you will not have to have this conversation about the Montreal Canadiens until the fall oh. of 2024. Unless I can't take it. Unless 
the Jets and Habs meet in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just in, on, on the officiating too. We'll continue on that. What did you think of the? Um, I mean, the, the the miss on Ehlers. The yeah, yeah. I, I hate. I, those are my least favorite calls. And I was watching some Senators games earlier this year, and Tim yeah. Stutzla was was the the victim of those yeah. tripping no calls, and it's just so infuriating. And it's always the guys like Tim Stutzla, like Nick Ehlers, that have the puck on their stick that have like that are always beating guys in the neutral ice that always yeah. get the puck into the offensive zone that can create that have vision. And next thing you know, they get hauled down and there's no call. And it, you, if your player is that good and that much better than the defender on the other team, you deserve to go on the power play. Yeah. Would the jets do anything on the power play? No, we're but, not sure. But, but I mean, it, cha- it changes. They don't go into one into overtime, uh, yeah. having to kill one. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, yeah, it was a trip by Ehlers. It definitely was a cross check by Adam Lowry. But Adam Lowry's trying to, you know, that's a there's a hand on the puck. You know, it's just there was just some things that went that went by um, that just didn't get called, and it just it put the Jets in in a bad situation. Should they still have? I found a way to win that game. I still think they I, should have. I think overall, you mentioned on power talking to Ed Garcia, five out of six points on this homestand. I, I'm sure you wanted two instead of one against Montreal. You're probably thinking about Boston coming into town Friday night. That's gonna be a tough one. But at the end of the day, you fell down two nothing. This team's been good on the road. The Habs they've won four of their last uh, five, of their last seven on the road now after last night. Um, their their two losses are to the Kings and the Bruins in that time on the road. You know they've the Jets have been fairly good against Eastern Conference teams, uh, and the Habs are pretty frisky. You fall down two nothing. You a lot of people say you don't have good officiating in the game. You end up salvaging a point. Big picture, one out one out of eighty two games. Well, I'll take it. I'm not I'm not losing sleep about this one. Let's take a break. Let's come back at Simmer Guys text messages 204-780-6868. Wrap up the show. Don't go anywhere. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. This one from Curtis. Curtis says, Jets fans are by far the – and Curtis is a big Habs fan, by the way. He makes sure I know every time there's any – Sort of story about the negative story about the Jets. I love, always send it to me on people Twitter. People need to be like Curtis. This is great. <laughs> Said Curtis says Jets fans are by far the biggest whiners in the league. You guys should rename the show <laughs> "Crying About the Jets at Noon." No, crying about the refs at noon. Crying about the refs at noon. Sorry. Yeah, you guys oh, should rename the show good. "Crying that, About the Refs." I, I had a good laugh when I read that for the first time. <laughs> well, you know, Curtis, we spent like ninety percent of the show talking about the power play, but cry about the refs a little bit. <laughs> I'm, yeah, like, and I want to be clear. Like, I don't think the calls went the Jets' way last night. I'm not no. saying the Jets would have done anything with it if it was the other way around. Yeah, no, so, you know, I just no. Putting all that aside, listen, they lost because of special teams. I mean, yeah, that, there was a, it was a special teams loss. It wasn't the Zebras' fault? No, the Jets had one point last no, night. No, absolutely. They, yeah, they didn't get calls going their way, but that was not no, the reason why they no. lost. Uh, <laughs> why they lost that game? Um, oh, that was good. Uh, by the way, so James Reimer probably getting the start tomorrow. We'll see what the health of uh, Ville Husso is like for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. He left that game last night. They lost Alex Lyon over the weekend too. So uh, Reimer, the only goaltender healthy right now, on, or at least fully healthy on the, the Red Wings roster. And they mm-hmm. signed Michael Hutchinson just before our show started. I did this yesterday uh, with Jake Allen. And of course, Jake Allen picks up his first win since October 28th when it was against the Jets. James Reimer hasn't won since October 22nd. I don't know why you're bringing this stuff up. I Because I got to say these? it. I got to say it. He's 0-7 in his last seven. He always 890 Reimer? save percentage. Uh, Reimer usually plays well against the Jets. That included the game against the Jets. He was in net there out in Detroit where he made uh, 25 saves and 28 shots. A um, couple of those losses, not his fault. He had a 
he had a loss against Ottawa. He came into the game and uh, made 11 out of 11 saves and still took the L. So, uh, The Manitoba Moose and the Chicago Wolves right yes. now. End of the second period. Brew uh, the coffee. 11 a.m. start. Uh, Chicago scores three in the second here. Now the game's tied 3-3 off to the third period there. So the Chicago Wolves, independent AHL team, eh? They their just last, do things, their, they the do things their own way. It's yeah. yeah, and it's not working out for them. This is a big uh, them, big yeah. week for the Moose. They got two against the Iowa Wild uh, before they can come home for Christmas. Uh, Iowa is just a point, two points up on them in the standings, I believe, right now. Fine, well, maybe one. We'll watch right that there. game throughout the rest of the day. 204-780-6860. Thanks, everybody, for making it a great show. Thank you very much, Skylar Peters. It's been great my job. pleasure, Mr. Poitras. We'll See talk tomorrow at 1230. Whenever it happens next time. And uh, Jeffrey Forche, thanks so much for producing Forts. the show, buddy. All right, that's Thanks, it for me. I'll be back soon. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.